morning is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles on page 157. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, I like to say preaching and preaching, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. After 11 chapters of theology, midrash and questions and doxology, we move to Paul's understanding, and he starts it off by saying, now that you have all of this stuff, this is where and what it means. Therefore, he says, in view of all that has proceeded, Paul says to his readers that they are to offer their very lives as a worshipful response to God's merciful action. Philip's translation is so memorable for what comes next in Paul's thinking. He says, do not let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within. And with that, we are ushered into a marvelous section of spiritual moments. These charisms, these gifts, and that God personally assigns to individual Christians, and and that account for the variety of form and function within the community of God. Each of you are designed differently, and because of that, because of our differences, we have this beautiful tapestry that's woven together that shows and uses each and every one of you with your own gift. We're to use it, even if you don't see it. So what does this mean? Well, I have a confession to make. I struggle with going to church camp at this point in my life. I I get asked all the time, you know, Josh, are you going to camp this summer? And I say to them, uh, very, uh, it was somewhat sarcastically, from the time I was 15 years old till the time I was 37, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, I would spend eight weeks at camp with hundreds of kids. Once my son was born, uh, things changed. 
for me. I did not want to spend eight weeks at camp every summer. But I love camp. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's just you get to a point in your life you're saying, that's, that's a lot of camps. And that's a lot of kids. And, I, and, I, I, and it wasn't like I was saying, oh, it's, it's time for someone else. It was, I, you know, you, you use this language with me also. You get to a point where you're burnt out. Now, I would go to camp, I would put on my camp face, I would put on the, the air of, oh, I love camp, and really, at the end of the day, I was like, okay, Friday is what time? And it was a week ahead of time, before I even got there. But I really do love church camp. I really do think that it changes the way the world is. And, and let me give you an example. For those of you that have not gone, one of the beautiful parts about camp is, is that we focus in on spiritual gifts for five whole days with kids. They come in, and it's the very first time for some of them that they'll ever have the opportunity to pray in public. And they get to do it, and they get to volunteer to do it. And kids, believe it or not, will volunteer if you give them the safety to do so. Now, the funny thing about camp not just for kids, but for adults too, is, is that all of their inhibitions that they have, like you have right now, sitting in the pews, somehow disappear as soon as you show up at a camp facility. Instantaneously, we're filled with courage, and, and we're filled with this ability to say, ooh, I've always wanted to do this in worship, but for some reason, I just didn't feel comfortable at my local church. You all will know exactly where I'm going with this when I ask some of you to pray in public. The first thing that you usually say is, I don't know the right words. I don't, I don't know how to say it the right way. Now I'm, I struggle with this, and I think the church has done a disservice for this because I don't know of a prayer that comes from someone's heart that isn't already perfect. Let me say that again. I, I don't know of a prayer from someone's heart that isn't already perfect. Now, can we write prayers down and, and, and have a, a, an organized train of thought? For some of us, yes. We absolutely need to have that. But at church camp, I always look at it as practice for when you go back home. So the very first day, we invite people to participate in worship. And these kids, notice that Bruce said he got to play the box drum uh, because I got to be the co-director of Cairo. The very first thing that they always ask me to do is be in charge of music and worship. So uh, I brought all of my drums, and my job is I want these kids to experience all types of ways of leading music from learning how to play the banjo, to playing the dulcimer, to playing guitar, to playing the flute, to playing the drums. However and whatever they feel called to do, I invite them to participate in that. And they lead us in worship how they feel called. Exactly the way that Paul would have talked about it in the understanding of offering God worship. By using our gifts... I think the other thing about 
leading music in worship and prayer in worship is, is that once we get the opportunity to do so, there's a freedom that comes from it that we're allowed to have. And, uh, and then we, we kind of lose control at that moment. Now, I'm not talking about losing control as in like everything falls apart. I'm talking about uh, we try to control everything that we do right now, even from the beginning of worship to the end. Uh, we have an order of service. We have all of these things. Um, but at church camp, uh, the kids design that worship and the adults design that worship based off of what God has placed upon their heart. And for the very first time, for some of them in their lives, they're able to use these gifts that we just got done reading in a way that they offer their entire body as a place of worship. Beautiful to behold. Okay, guys, I'm going to step away from the pulpit. I have a, a problem with camps. My, one of my biggest problems is, is that uh, I, I like to work with an age group that typically a lot of people run away and hide from. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm just confessing right now. I, I'm very nervous around fifth graders and below. Uh, I, I think most of you know that, but fifth graders and below, uh, frankly, I'm a little scared of. Uh, a, I'm afraid that I'm going to trip and fall and smash them like a bug. Like, that's, that's a real fear of mine. Uh, when the school asks me to come in and substitute for kindergarten, I usually tell them, no, uh, I'm having a colonoscopy because I don't want to, I really don't want to go to the school and work with kindergartners. But if, if, it's, if, if it is, but, but the, let's, let's be honest about this for a second. The thing that's interesting about fifth grade and below, especially if you're a, a non-anxious presence and have been deemed as a safe guy, the very first thing they do is those kids see people like me and they go, teddy bear. And so these kids, when I walk into Perry Public Schools in the kindergarten through fifth grade, they're like, oh, Pastor Bell. And they come run up and they give you hugs and you're going, yes, it's so good to see you. I'm pretty sure that was snot on your face and you just got it. And I mean, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, please don't hug me. They're in public. But at the same time, they're just... They're clingy. They love you, and you love them back, but at the same time, it's, it terrifies me. It's just, I mean, I'm just being honest. I, 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 I really like high school kids, but frankly, they're broken. They've already figured out everything. They know everything. They don't want to know anything about the Bible because they've already figured it out. And there's yet another adult who is telling them something that they already know. They don't need me. I'm not cool. I never have been. So why do high school kids even want me there? Now, Barry, I know that I worked as a director for you as a, as a high school student, and I was cool then. But I'm a lot older now. Not cool anymore. So, and so, and he said, I still am. I love you too. So, um, high school age is not my age group. But junior high kids, they're awesome. Because they think like I do, squirrel. You know, they, 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 they can see things in front of them, and their minds are like jello, and they're like a sponge. And they just look for things, and they think about things, and they just love to, to experiment with their faith, and they, they can get it. 
They can get it. For just a few moments, you can say to things to them like, and the Holy Spirit will intercede with sighs too deep for words. And they go, yeah. And they understand. Junior high kids for me were my favorite age group. And so what did Michael Davison do? He took advantage and said, Josh, we need a co-director for junior high this summer. And we need you to do? Yeah, here you go. Yeah, okay, fine. But I don't want to tell you about just this experience. It was a good experience for me. I said no for a long time because I didn't want to go to camp without my son. Or my daughter. That's just the deal. And so I said, uh, I can do it, and I would like to be a part of that. That sounds fun. So uh, we had a great time at Cairo. It was wonderful. But the experience I want to tell you about is at a different camp, at a different time, place, that, that I have searched for ever since, which is why I step away from the pulpit for just a second. Uh, before I left the state of Oklahoma in 2002, I mean, I started working in churches in 96 through 2002. I worked at camps, and I, I loved directing Cairo, but I would be, I'd be working camps all summer. Um, we had the opportunity to work at Cairo at Guthrie, um, and we had, we had 80 kids, and, of course, I was in charge of music and worship even back then. And, and uh, you all kind of know me. I, I kind of like to have as many things planned as possible uh, I, I like to keep things organized. And when I'm at camp, I'm very focused on the schedule because uh, if we, we don't want to leave a lot of holes because that causes problems. And I'm very much a, a time watcher like I am right now. Um, and I found very, caref- uh, very soon in Cairo worship that you, you have to give some freedom. Well, it's Thursday night, and that's what we call our... Uh, second to closing worship, because Friday is the cry fest, which I am weirded out by. But they, they love it, so fantastic. But Thursday night, they have been planning in their interest groups all week long for Thursday night, and it is totally youth-led. And the adults sit in the back. So I was sitting in the back of the room at the, the camp in Guthrie while the youth were leading worship. And it was going great. And I'm looking at my watch, and I'm like, we're going to get done in time. We'll be able to have our ice cream on schedule. It's going to be amazing. Everything's going wonderful. And then this little girl starts walking from the back of the room and walks all the way up to the front while the kids are leading music and doing all this stuff, playing the box drums, because I've had them that long, Bruce. That was 20 years ago. And she walks all the way up to the front, and there was a microphone right here. She stands in front of everybody and she starts to, and all the kids back here are are like, what's going on? We don't know either. She starts to pray. And she is weeping. I mean, there's just tears falling down her eyes. Now, the part that you need to understand is she started telling about her life in her prayer. God, when I get back home, dot, dot, dot. And it's not my place to tell you about her story but I can tell you how it affected me. See, the other thing that we tend to forget is is that most of the kids that go to church camp, the several of those kids that go to church camp, this is their only safe place. They can go all over the world, but when they come to church camp, they know they're in a safe 
place. They, they're safe from their actual home life. I, I need you to hear me say that, that when they go back home, they know that the police will be waiting there for them. They know that they won't be able to go back into their actual homes. They don't know who their parents are because they've been moved from so many different foster care facilities or from so many different aspects of life that by the time they get back to whatever they decide to call home, they now have to deal with this wonderful experience that they've had at camp. And this was Thursday night before the day they left. Starts crying and she's telling God, please protect me from. Now as an adult, and working with junior high kids, the very first thing that you don't want to have happen is somebody start crying in the middle of worship because you know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to start crying. And at the very back of the room, one of my adults sniffles. All of the adults started weeping. Not the kids. The adults started weeping. And I'm thinking, oh no, we have lost control. The kids on the front row that were in charge of the worship service jump up and they come behind the young lady they, and they lay hands on her and they pray for her in front of everybody in the worship service. And all I kept thinking about was, oh no, we have lost control. But we had spent the entire week talking to them about their spiritual gifts. And some have the gift for preaching and some have the gift for exhortation. Some of them have the gifts for dot, 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 dot. And here they are. They're living it out. And I'm worried that we have lost control. And the moment happens, and it passes, and she walks back out the door, and to this day, I cannot tell you who she was. I can't tell you what her face looked like. I don't even know if she came to our camp. It was just this weird moment that came into the sanctuary of the church camp facility, ran by children listening to their spiritual gifts, and we were forever changed. And I walked from the back of the sanctuary to the front of the room, and I said, because I had no idea what to say, we will start serving ice cream in 12 minutes. Please go back to your rooms and get your bug spray and your flashlight. I will see you back here in 12 minutes. Paul warns us to not conform to this world. Paul invites us to, to do things, to participate in the community of faith with our whole being as an act of worship. And that discomfort that we were talking about last week that makes us uncomfortable when we are living that lifestyle, this is, this is what Paul is struggling with. And he's trying to give them guidelines and guide always points on how to do so. I think it challenges us in the church to think what areas in our Christian community do we conform where perhaps maybe we shouldn't. How does the renewing of our mind happen and allowing God to move us forward 
and to not try to be in control, but allow God to guide us and direct us. I think most of the, my life as a minister, I find myself in discomfort. Because when the Holy Spirit moves with sighs too deep for words, you just kind of get to go along for the ride. And ask the question, you want me to do what? Here, in this place, let us embrace that discomfort and use the gifts that God has given to each, every one of you.